mentorship is, is extremely important for, for everyone, not only for women. But I think, especially for women, given the fact that uh, we are still a minority in tech, having a mentor is uh, uh, career changing and even life changing, I would say. Hi everyone, Andriana, and you're listening to Take the Lead, a podcast about stories of women leaders. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the world of tech and how women have managed to become leaders in this field. Diana Tsarfula is a great example in this case, because she's the director of engineering at Adobe Romania. Diana is all about making a positive difference in people's lives. She's not just a tech leader who's making products, but she's making a real difference in the world. She's a fierce advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion, running programs for the Adobe network, like the Ada Loveless Career Development Program or a shadowing experience for women who want, to world, who want to work in tech. But she's not just about work. She's also the kind of person that supports and mentors others. She's behind initiatives such as the uh, Java Dev Camp for Girls and the Women Support Women Discussion Series. And she's also in the board of Women in Tech in Romania. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much once again for accepting to be part of this uh, podcast. I'm very excited for this interview. And uh, I have some questions for you about your leadership positions and about your experience in the tech industry. Sure. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to uh, have this conversation with you today here. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's start. So... Uh, you finished a bachelor's degree in uh, cybernetics and then worked in uh, software engineering and, de and developing. And now you are working as director of engineering for Adobe, which is very cool. So you have been part of the of this tech world for quite some time. As you already probably know, it's a very male-dominated field. And actually, uh, 2022 Global Survey of Software Engineers found that men made up of 91% uh, of this field and only 5% of those polled identified as women. And in the United States, only 22% of some software engineers are women. And when it comes to tech boards, uh, it's even more of a problem because uh, the board is usually, again, dominated by men. So I was wondering if you have felt this as an impediment in your career, or if you have not noticed it at all, maybe because you worked in Romania. So maybe there's a difference there as well. Yeah, this is a, a great question. And actually, yeah, statistics uh, definitely uh, say perspective. And um, it that's not new. It's something we can all observe in, in the tech uh, field. And definitely statistics are, um, the, the truth they are telling is not in favor of uh, women. Um, I started my career about 20 years ago. And uh, to be honest, I, I started uh, in tech uh, just because the context I was in back then was uh, favorable. And by that, I mean um, my friends and the people uh, who, whom I thought is uh, being my mentors opted to, to go and study computer science. And because I had no uh, major passion and uh, actually I was preparing to study uh, diplomatic relations uh, or international uh, relations uh, as it was called back then. Um, I changed my mind right before uh, admission and decided to go into computer science because I thought it was fashionable. I liked math. I was very good at math and I thought, oh, okay, maybe computer science uh, could be an option for me. I had 
I had studied computer science in high school, but I was not very passionate about that. It's right after graduation that um, I realized um, I liked it. So it was not during uh, university years, but right after when Oracle came and recruited five of us. And that's how I started my career. So back to your question, um, if I felt uh, um, the fact that I was a woman is an impediment, I cannot say that. Uh, it is true that, so I graduated in uh, um, 2003. So um, in my cohort, there are very few women who are who, who decided to stay in tech. And uh, even fewer are in technical roles, like uh, software engineering. Um, those who decided to stay choose to be project managers or business analysts, but uh, being hands-on and very close to, to coding, even fewer of them. So um, I cannot say I felt this as in, an impediment, uh, but not because there weren't any obstacles, but rather because I was not very aware of the fact that there we were few uh, back then. You, you know, Romania is a very traditional country, a society with... Oh. Uh, who, who, a, a country who spent many years under communism or where women were working uh, side by side with men. So these were the role models I've seen in my family and uh, around me. So women working, uh, discrimination was something uh, uh, which was not even brought into conversations in Romania when I was a teenager or child or even after graduation. So Honestly, I was not aware of that. And I think that was a good thing because uh, I did not perceive uh, the fact that I was a girl as being an obstacle. However, later on in my career, when I I started to deal with or, or to interact with uh, Western cultures or uh, American cultures or Indian cultures and so on, then I started to realize uh, the fact that women are a minority and that's not in that doesn't work in our uh, advantage and, and, and uh, that's how I started to become an advocate for more girls in STEM more women in software engineering more women in leadership positions in the tech field more women in board and, and so on yeah that's very inspiring and I think that's great because uh, nowadays, I also have so many friends, so many uh, girls who want to work in tech, and uh, I'm actually mm -hmm. happy that they're inspired by women like you to have these aspirations and have these goals of joining a field that is starting to become more welcoming towards women, but it's not quite like that yet. Um, and, I and I think you're one of the representatives of um, people who are fighting for this to happen because you're also on the board of Women in Tech. And uh, it's basically this project that promotes support towards girls and women who want to join this industry. So I was wondering if your motivation for joining um, Women in Tech was the fact that you had women mentors, or would you say that in general, uh, there is a great impact that the woman mentor can have on a woman on a woman when they want to join a field like this? My, my journey as a uh, an advocate uh, for women in tech started uh, before uh, I joined Women in Tech Romania chapter. Um, 
about I think four years ago, um, I volunteered and uh, I, I was offered this role of diversity, equity and inclusion site lead for Adobe Romania. This is a volunteering role uh, I stepped into and uh, it, it, uh, I realized it, it was uh, very important for me to support other women and to design programs for career uh, development for women, uh, like mentorship programs, for example, or uh, programs who help women in technical roles to uh, grow faster in their careers. Uh, so I realized that was very important. That was a cause that I truly believed in and I, I still believe in. At the same time, uh, I have a daughter who is uh, 17 years old. She's studying uh, math and she's also uh, in, in STEM and wants to uh, pursue a career, uh, probably in tech. So uh, that gave me extra motivation. Uh, I also, uh, because of her, I, I, uh, I am in contact with uh, this generation who is now in high school. And I see so many great girls who who are afraid of uh, uh, staying or pursuing a, a career or studying uh, tech because they perceive this field as being uh, mostly for men or for boys. So these things made me uh, uh, want to, to change uh, this perception and to uh, support girls to uh, come closer to, to tech. Now, women in tech... Um, I've got the invite to join the board uh, in uh, early 2023. And it was such a pleasure and honor for me uh, to have this opportunity to support a well-established uh, uh, community uh, who creates so uh, high impact for women in tech. So uh, I, I joined the board uh, with great energy and uh, pleasure, and I felt honored to be invited to uh, to be uh, part of the community. Now, regarding mentorship. So, yeah, indeed, it's, mentorship is, is extremely important for, for everyone, not only for women. But I think, especially for women, given the fact that uh, we are still a minority in tech, having a mentor is uh, uh, career-changing and even life-changing, I would say. I had my mentors along my, my careers and uh, they are both uh, women and, and men. Uh, but I think uh, mentorship is something all of us should uh, should support. Uh, uh, and that is why, for example, at Adobe, uh, I started together and, and then ran together with some colleague of mine, a mentorship program for women, where mentors are women, mentees are women. And uh, it was a very successful uh, program. And I uh, I cannot advocate enough for uh, such programs because it's it's the best or one of the best tools to to grow both as a mentee but also as a mentor. Yeah, that's great, and uh, especially nowadays because I think a lot of people are talking about how there's a lack of role models for women and how we need to have more and more. And I read about. Yeah this in a study from Stanford in which they talked about how most women who don't pursue a career in engineering or technology say that it's because they do not have role models that inspire them to do so. Um, and when they do join, uh, there's this tricky area that is called uh, the queen bee phenomenon, which basically says that um, some women leaders that are in male-dominated organizations uh, kind of distance themselves from other women and try to portray themselves in a more masculine stereotypical way as leaders in order to 
seem like they're fighting against um um they're fighting against this idea that they are representing women. They're just leaders in general. So I was wondering if in your career, you have seen this tendency for women in leadership roles to adopt more masculine traits or to distance themselves from other women. And how did this impact your career? So I I, I really love the, the topic and your question because uh, yes, I do see that frequently. And the, actually, there are two two flavors in in what uh, you're asking. The one, the, the first one, is related to women who, once they are on a leadership position, they prefer uh, uh, to distance from other women. And then is the the masculine uh, part, and I'm I'm gonna address each of them. Um, Yes, I do see women who prefer to, uh, once they are in, in a leadership role, they prefer to, uh, and, and then they claim to be treated equally uh, like their male uh, colleagues, which is which is fine, I would say. But, uh, for example, in um, I realized in our small diversity uh, and inclusion community at Adobe Romania, I realized there were women who, who preferred to stay away of the community, not to be associated with uh, with this, because they felt th- uh, that they would be judged by their male colleagues. Being uh, uh, advocate for females and advocate for diversity and inclusion, um, they thought it was a negative label. Oh, wow. And I did not understand that. Uh, and I, I asked them, why why don't you want to become more involved into this? And uh, the answers I've got were really surprising for me. They said, uh, I don't want to per- be perceived as weak. I don't want to be perceived as too vocal. I just want to, to be perceived as equal with my male colleagues. And there is this perception. And I, I tried to explain um, nobody will, uh, or being a, uh, an advocate for other women does not mean you you will, will be weak or you are weaker uh, or um, it's, it's, it's on the contrary, it's a, a way for you to support other women. So that is just a small example. It's not related to leadership roles, but I have seen such situations for women who are uh, in, in leadership positions. Uh, and to, to the other flavor, you mentioned the masculine um, traits and, and style. Yes, I've also seen that because when you are a minority, uh, like, for example, when you are the only women at the table, there are many women who tend to to play the, the game of men play, like uh, being masculine, being aggressive, uh, um, playing using their tools and uh, by doing that they give up to their feminine traits like uh, maybe more empathy warmth of uh, diplomacy and so on Uh, but I think this is just a phase I hope it is just a phase because when you grow up uh, and and you grow mature as a leader as a female leader you realize that you have so many um characteristics, feminine characteristics that can help you become a more authentic leader. And I think I also went through this phase. I had a a phase in my career when 
I felt I was in a minority and I preferred to play this being tough card and uh, I realized I, I was not myself. I did not enjoy it. And uh, I remember I, I was discussing this with a coach I had back then. And uh, uh, that lady uh, told me, you have so many um, skills that you prefer to, to downgrade or, or, or to ignore because you want to be perceived as tough, as, as heavy muscles. And that's not something which you, you feel good about. And she was so right. And then when I started my journey and I started to um, uh, use my, my whole self and to bring my, my true self at work, that's when I, I started to change as a leader and I started to enjoy more uh, what I was doing and the way I was doing and so, uh, things and solving problems. I was also wondering in tech if you have seen this phenomenon of like uh, choosing women exactly when there's a situation of crisis, the glass cliff. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I was thinking about so many examples of um, uh, former CEOs that were appointed exactly when there was a situation of crisis. For example, Marisa Mayer, uh, who became CEO of Yahoo in uh, 2012 as the company was falling into decline. And then um, since then, Elon Musk has done the same uh, when he appointed a female C CEO in times of crisis two years ago. Same has happened before with Facebook with other big companies. So I was wondering if you um if you think this holds true and if yes, how could we how could we take these leadership positions and turn them into genuine opportunities for women leaders who are appointed to becoming CEOs exactly at those times? That, that's true. There are uh, um, quite uh, some examples which could um, um, prove there is a certain trend. Uh, at the same time, there are also other women who uh, have been appointed um, in top positions, uh, maybe to solve a crisis, uh, but not only because of that, but because of their skills, their knowledge, their experience. And you brought up the example uh, uh of Elon Musk, uh, it happens that I, I've just read the the uh, biography, uh, uh, his biography written by Walter Isaacson, and um, there is one character there that uh, uh, captured my attention, and that's uh, Gwenny Shotwell. Um, it, it's the uh, chief operating officer of SpaceX, and she's been working there since uh, two thousand and two. Um, so she did not join as a, a top uh, or a C-level, uh, but uh, uh, she grew and uh, she advanced in her career and now she's, she's chief operating officer. So, And, and there are other uh, examples. Another book that I, I recently read was written by Dr. Fei-Fei Li. Uh, uh, she's a, a strong voice in the AI field uh, working at Stanford. So, um, and she also holds a, a top uh, position. So there are women who uh, succeeded because of their skills, of, of their knowledge, uh, and not necessarily because there was a crisis and uh, someone thought to, to bring a woman there because, uh, uh, yeah, um, because of uh, maybe women are, are better at solving crisis, which is true, actually. And I think it's also related to our uh, maternal instinct. Um, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the only reason 
uh, or the most predominant situation where uh, women are brought to into top leadership positions um, because it's yeah I, I think it's not true there are uh, there are other women who are there because they deserve to be there they know how to uh, lead and uh, to uh, to lead a company and to uh, solve problems big problems um truth is, is the truth is uh, there are a few of them though so that's uh, the area where i think we can do better and uh, we have to and by we i mean uh, uh, top leaders have to to create uh, and the industry have to uh, to create more opportunities for women because uh, we don't lack potential that's uh, for sure yeah that's true that's very true and uh, my last question is uh, more inspirational. Uh, it's supposed to be inspirational for the people who are listening to this. So I was wondering, what is the best uh, piece of advice you have received? And um, would you like to give to other women who are also aspiring to work in engineering or who are in general dreaming of becoming leaders in their fields? The best of the advice I received? Um I don't know if it was an advice, but definitely I was lucky enough to work with leaders who believed in me. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, that that meant a lot and that means a lot. When I feel people trust me and my, my manager or the leader I'm reporting to trusts me, uh, for me, that that's uh, uh, the fuel that I need. Uh, yeah. So what I would say is... Um, it's an advice also that that's a big word as to all women is just you can do it and i really really mean that you can do it don't be afraid of of the tech field don't be afraid uh, of of this perception of uh, being a, a male field because I, i'm not saying it's not a, a male dominated field but that's because of the context and because we are still underrepresented um, and we can change that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you had just as much fun as I had when I had to interview Diana. And if you have any other ideas of speakers you would like to listen to, you can always reach out to me on Instagram or on email. And until then, until the next episode, don't forget to take the lead yourself.